0: Welcome to episode 4 of the Ruminator Podcast. My name is Trevor. I am your host. And today on the show, uh, we're coming back from a weekend. And we've got some stuff to talk about. Uh, Today is, of course, Monday, September 28th, 2015. It's about 12.30 as I start recording this. Uh, So just after midnight on the 28th, I'm uh, actually heading back from a visit with my parents. I'm driving along I-35 southbound, headed to I-40 westbound, and uh, yeah, so it should take roughly 30 minutes for me to get home, so about the time of this show, and, and honestly, after after all the fun stuff tonight, um, I don't really want to get up in another couple hours and go record another, like, record an episode, basically. Um, so, today, or well, rather yesterday, Sunday the 27th, um, a couple things were going on. One of the things was the asexual um, appreciation day. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit. Um, I'd also like to talk about the supermoon that happened. Um, And I got some other stuff that I'll probably think up as we go. Uh, Kind of talk about my weekend a little bit. And uh, just sort of, you know, do the general routine that we are already getting locked into with on this show. Um, Kind of first, though, I would like to point out a couple of housekeeping things that I think you would be, you know, it would be good for you guys to know about. The first being, um, we have a Patreon page for this podcast, a couple other podcasts, my writing, pretty much all of the creative stuff that I do as a content creator. Um, I have started a patreon page it is a monthly download kind of thing or a monthly uh subscription kind of thing basically you can put um as much or as little as you want uh minimum to get slightly quicker access to stories and stuff like that basically um i publish at patreon first before i publish everywhere else but everyone else still gets the stuff um you know basically it's it's a dollar You know, you can pay a dollar, you can pay more than that. It's really up to you. But you can go to patreon.com forward slash illicit popsicle. That's I as in igloo, L as in Larry, L as in Larry, Uh, I-C-I-T, T T as in Tom, Um, popsicle, spelled like popsicle, Um, you know, for more information. So you can actually go and see sort of what's going on with that. Uh, We've also got some social media stuff in the works. I'm currently... Well, not currently, but as I am uh, sort of editing this particular episode, I will be setting up the Twitter feed and maybe a Facebook page for Ruminator or Smash Walls Media, something like that. But basically getting getting the ball rolling, making sure that we've got good um, good stuff going. I will also be editing, of course, the header image that uh, is giving me some, some issues with iTunes or getting the podcast submitted to iTunes. Uh, yeah, basically I just need to edit the show and hopefully by the time that it's uh, fixed, you know, by the time that it, you, you get this episode, there will be this and the previous episodes and, and everything will be good. Uh, So, the way I think that this podcast is going to start working is Monday through Friday, we do a podcast, you know, Saturday, Sunday, we take a break, and then as we start, as we just sort of go down the line, we will get a little bit tighter and a little bit uh, more locked into a specific pattern, Um, you know, that kind of thing. Um... And I'm saying um-a-lot tonight, and I'm very self-conscious of it. It's something I've tried to drill out of my head since I started podcasting. It comes back occasionally. Tonight's one of those nights. I don't know why. But to kind of give a little bit of a background as to why I started the show, uh, for those of you who are not quite sure why this podcast is a thing, why I am... One lone voice talking in one car, driving down one stretch of I-35 southbound. Um, The simple answer is I was looking for a way to manage my depression and manage sort of the overtly negative aspects of that depression. Last week, I think around Tuesday or Wednesday, I watched a video by Lacey Green, that kind of put into words how I was feeling and it spurred me to action and this is sort of the result of that. We've, uh, we cover kind of whatever comes to mind. You know, I'll usually have a couple of topics, uh, very, very loosely researched. There's no real writing that goes into the show. It's just me with a microphone jumping into my car and driving around, which is sort of why I'm not, um, really into the whole idea of, you know, having sort of set specific parameters for the show, why the show is called a podcast about everything, you know, because potentially we could talk about everything, um, given enough time and resources, that is definitely true. But as of right now, simply put, I am just sort of chilling out, doing my own thing, getting into a groove of doing a podcast every night and posting it pretty much immediately. And as I go, that will get easier and easier and easier, as I said. But that's not why y'all are here. Here's why we're here. Asexual Appreciation Day and the Blood Moon, so-called because of its blood red tincture as it traced across the night sky last night, or, well, I guess tonight, starting off with the Asexual um, Appreciation Day, and I will not be able to say that sort of smoothly, but the Asexual Appreciation Day was uh, put together by some friends of mine. Um, Sarah from the Asexuality Blog really spearheaded it and kind of made it a thing, and basically the idea is rather than a day like asexual visibility day or week or asexual awareness where basically it's like yes we exist we are visible and you know people are aware of us we wanted to kind of focus kind of uh celebrating ourselves and celebrating each other um as asexuals um it's been almost a year since I've come out as ace, and this is going to be stuff that I talk about in an episode of the Asexual Anarchist Podcast, probably um, one that I'll be recording soon. Uh, but it's been almost a year since I came out as ace, and it's been a wild ride, and uh, today was a was kind of a cool opportunity for me to, to thank and honor some of the folks that have really helped me as kind of a young or a new asexual person and um yeah i mean a couple people come to mind sarah from the asexuality blog uh lauren jankowski um lissa shivari fucking the people behind the fuck yeah asexual blog a whole bunch of folks and they have done amazing work there are so many other people that I have sort of interacted with over the last year that I still I can't name just because it's it, there are so many and uh, yeah I don't know it's just it's a really nice thing to be able to have a community that cares that wants something good and okay so that goes down so yeah I mean it's just it was just it was really cool and I appreciate sort of the is that? That is not a car. Okay. Sort of the the show of appreciation. Asexual awareness is about to get super popular because October 19th through the 26th, we will be having our Asexuality Visibility Week and, um, you know, kind of doing asexual awareness. Uh, We've also got stuff in November. On November 26th, Thanksgiving, we will be doing a, uh, you know, asexual awareness day as well. And on all of those days, I mean, the focus really does have to be not just on me or on other white asexuals. It will probably need to also be on people of color who are ace and, uh, people who are, you know, also trans and also, you know, kind of insert thing here. Um, And, I mean, it's going to be good. I think, really, there's a lot of potential for this year to be a really positive and different change to the formula that we've been, you know, sort of seeing for the last, oh, however long. Um, So that's really exciting, and I'm glad to be kind of participating in that. One other thing, though, with that is if, you know, if you happen to see, like, some kind of articles or anything like that that are talking about, you know, asexual people as sort of this novelty, I actually would would not mind if you brought it up to my attention. So, you know, send it to my Twitter account or anything like that, and, uh, you know, just sort of, hey, this is a thing that exists. I wanted to show you so that you could kind of dissect it. I would really appreciate it. Um... Of course, that's not like a a binding thing. No one has to do that. It it would just kind of be, it it would be cool, um, you know, if you did. Because, uh, you know, I know a specific, quote unquote, hive mind that would really appreciate knowing when um, mainstream journalists are stirring up. Anyway, it is 1241. I'm driving on I-40 now east of Oklahoma City. I'm taking kind of the scenic route home. Uh, Lots of brightly lit billboards, and of course, Waffle House, and other such dining establishments. For some reason, driving on the freeway is really peaceful for me, and uh, tonight especially, I, uh, I decided to go and visit my parents, you know, kind of help them with some lawn work. And then we we sat and we watched the, blood moon, the Super Blood Moon Lunar Eclipse. And it was a really neat experience because I've seen maybe one or two other eclipses in my lifetime. And this one was special, of course, because it was a lunar eclipse that was taking place during the shortest part of the moon's orbit around the earth to kind of get slightly technical and i I mean like this is sort of the basic level of technical that i can get what occurs during one of these super blood moons uh is the eclipse occur you know the eclipse takes place it's a total eclipse um you know, so, of course, there's the blood-red effect. And then, in that same vein, Earth... Or the the Moon is orbiting on... It's at the point in its orbit called the perigee, which is basically just, you know, it's it's the closest point that the Moon gets. And, I mean, we're talking about still millions of miles, but it's it kind of serves its own purpose. It appeared... About 14% larger tonight than it usually does, which is impressive. Um, but what really made the Super Blood Moon special is this relatively moderately exciting astro- astronomical event was sort of exploded as a result of sort of hyper-religious fervor. Basically, um, the religious right made the claim, as they usually do during stuff like this, that the end times were near, that this was this signal of the beginning of the end, um, and that, you know, we're all kind of doomed. But it's like, you know, aside from, you know, an, an overactive and sort of full imagination. I can't imagine, you know, a world in which this kind of thing would be indicative of any kind of catastrophe or anything like that. Now, of course, I could wake up tomorrow and be totally dead wrong. Everyone could be gone. The rapture could have happened. I mean, I'm not wrong. Uh, The rapture will not happen. But the, the fact that you know, people believe it. It's like I get that it's a legitimate fear on their part, but it's still silly. Anyway, it, it's just—it's all so—it's it, also political theater-y, or sort of lampooning itself. I don't know. It's—it's it's weird, but I really enjoyed it. it. It was the you know, like I said, second or third eclipse I'd ever seen, and watching the moon or the the earth's shadow overtake the moon slowly at first and then sort of increasing in speed it was really neat and it was really uh really a great experience and I, I was glad to, that I kind of spent it with my family because it's apparently not going to happen for another 17 or 18 years which is a, a while and I don't think my parents will be dead by that point but it's like you never know At any rate, um, so I'll be kind of on the lookout by 2033 to, uh, you know, see if there's any super blood moons on the horizon. But no, it's, uh, it was, it was cool. Um, I, I do always enjoy times when I can kind of spend time with my parents and with my family. Um, you know, they, they got to, we get to see each other kind of once a week and it's, it's nice. Um, they got to see Donald Trump. Apparently he went uh, a little bit off the deep end. While they were there, they only spent about 10 minutes of their time, you know, talking or, or watching him speak. He, uh, he mentioned winning a lot. <laughs> also something about, uh, oh hell, what was it? He basically tried to make the camera people pan over the crowd to show that, the, you know, the crowd was large. It's it's such a it's kind of silly. My dad thinks that Donald Trump is dumb for uh, coming to Oklahoma because Oklahoma is sort of a shoe in red state and it's like okay I understand that reaction um, you know why would you come to Oklahoma if you feel like you could get the votes from conservatives? But from my perspective it's like no actually he's doing really 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 smart stuff Donald Trump, is coming to Oklahoma or what, or it has already come to Oklahoma to solidify his image as a strong man for the people. Um, you know, as a self-made man, as the man who is not going to be bought and sold by special interests, including bizarrely the white house presidential salary that all presidents receive. Um, he, you know, he has said that he would turn that down and it's like, I don't know necessarily if I believe you, but at the same time, like you're putting on a very convincing show for folks. And uh, apparently from what my parents said, they, uh, you know, they saw some folks who were kind of bought Donald Trump's story, hook, line and sinker. And it was, it was like, okay, this is kind of who we're dealing with. This is the level to which we are in this shit. And for me, it was kind of a, you know, it's, it's always kind of frustrating and terrifying whenever someone talks about Donald Trump or tries to write him off. Because, you know, I, I think of all of the people who are currently running, who, you know, may believe or not believe in the things that they are saying to the American people, Donald Trump does, regardless. I mean, he is as true as anybody in this position could be. And that terrifies me because, you know, he means what he says. If You know, I believe Donald Trump, given the power to do so, would make Mexico build its own border fence. And I believe that he would probably use um, undocumented workers to do it as sort of a way of kind of a final fuck you to those folks. Um, You know, we know kind of from his background that he is a very fascist-minded kind of person. I mean, he's not a hard fascist, but he definitely carries many of the traits of uh, folks like Mussolini uh, and, and he is, I would say, comparable to characters like Marine Le Pen in France, who is sort of the, the head fascist figure in that state. But it, it's just sort of it's ridiculous um, whenever I, I hear folks just sort of writing him off because it's, you know, you 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 obviously cannot afford to be in a situation where you're paranoid that a scenario is going to occur but you also can't be complacent because there are legitimate situations that, you know, require this level of, of thought. But that's all kind of neither here nor there. I mean, we're still talking about an election that is months away. Um, you know, it's, it's not even the end of 2015 yet and... for all we know Donald Trump could be a distant memory by the time November rolls around next year hopefully I would say he's a distant memory because I would take most of the lying scumbag currently running for president over Donald Trump I wouldn't take any of them on their own but you know it's all about planning for the future and if more of the same is sort of the, in the cards, then I would prefer that to a complete shakeup with a fascist. Just kind of my two cents on that. Now, I will say, as, as sort of we get ready to end this episode, I think we're going to be about five minutes short tonight. Um, Martin Skrelly has earned the Donald's ire, apparently. He, uh, he comp... He caught comments from Donald Trump during an interview where Trump basically told the reporter that Shkreli was nothing, that that hedge fund kid was a spoiled brat, that he was less than dirt, basically just just taking that opportunity to deride him. And basically, when Donald Trump thinks you're kind of the worst person ever, that would give most people pause, I think. But at the same time, I mean, considering his success as a host of The Apprentice and then as a host of The Celebrity Apprentice, um, Guy probably knows somewhat how to run a business successfully, um, even if he is a complete fascist prick, you know, maybe that's what it takes to run a business. I wouldn't know. I don't currently run one. At any rate, um, I think to be honest with you, That's really all I've got to say on all that stuff. I mean, I know we've got about eight minutes on a normal show, but, uh, you know, it's the weekend, and I kind of want to go home (laughs) and uh, not be driving anymore, so I think that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, yeah, kind of end this off here. So, as I said at the beginning of the show, we do have a new Patreon page. We've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we're slowly but surely getting the social media and other presence rolled out so that, you know, we have a place to talk and and we can sort of collaborate on things if we so desire. Until that time, as always, you can contact me, um, at my Twitter account, uh, the illicit or it's at illicit popsicle. Uh, you can also contact me on tumblr.com. So that's the asexual anarchist at Tumblr, or .tumblr.com. And of course I'm I'm always taking you know suggestions for the show and sort of any questions you may have. I'm down. It's just sort of let's you know we, we need to get the ball rolling first and I think as we get an audience hopefully Um, you know, questions will start coming in, but as of right now, I'm not really too worried about it. Uh, but that really does lead us to the end of the show. Um, this has been the fourth episode of the Ruminator podcast, a podcast about everything. I have been your host, Trevor, and I will see you tomorrow night. Everyone have a fantastic evening and a good rest of your day. Bye.